Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Or was I supposed to act that out? Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Step right in, step right in. The doors are open today. Opening them up wide, getting everybody inside. Got an amazing show for you today. I'm Shopkeeper Dan and with me as always is Kyle, our brand new assistant Pokemon hairdresser. How are you doing today, Kyle? <laughs> Seriously? Is this going to be a new thing? <laughs> I have like 30 of them. <laughs> I thought this was just for the guest episodes. Uh, yeah, but I forgot to do it on the last guest episode, so I, I put, thought I'd put it here. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> Got my scissors sharpened, the market's green, trimming some gains. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good stuff this week. Come on into the shop with us today, folks. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. Uh, we want to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here Smashing our way into a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize those gains and cut those losses. So if you're new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our Knowledge Center on FinancialNeptitude.com, or you can give our basic investing episode with Eddie Pence a listen. I think you'll have a good time with that. We'll put a link to that in the episode description. But the best place to be is our Discord server. Kyle and I are on there every day, and it's just a really awesome place to be when you do join that server. Send us a message or email with your mailing address, and we'll send you a smash-it-yourself mug straight from the shop. We're just so glad you're here. So I'd also like to uh, say that the interview we just did with Hans is also another good introduction to the market, too. Yes. Yes, it was. Dr. Hans, the, the, in, the investor, investing tutor. Yep, you got it right that time. Guy had a, <laughs> a lot of great stuff. I also got it right when I re-recorded it. To I fix noticed. It. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we've got a tingling, mythical, prophetical show for you today. Lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than LSD at a Grateful Dead concert. Oh, that's awesome. Brings back high school memories. <laughs> <laughs> high school! <laughs> oh, and, and as always, reach out to us, folks. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, TikTok and Discord. If you're old school, you can just send us an email. Two bulls, the number two. Yeah, nice. Two bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or just shoot us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you're fresh off the boat from the old country and you've lost your family at sea and you're worried about all the cats in the city. What's the deal with the American Tale references? That's like the third time. What are you talking about? You've been watching that lately, or is that on your playlist? What well, I've never even seen it. What is American Tale? Oh God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh Kyle, uh, I think we've got some some show news to start off uh, with. Yes. Some some sort of bet bet consequence that we had happen. Yeah, for those who've been following us for a while, they remember that uh, for losing to the random stock last month. Mm. We both had to take the SATs, and we both yes. have not seen the results yet, so my wife was gracious enough to grade them for us, and she's sitting here ready to give us the results. Okay. So I gotta ask, Dan, are you are you ready to know? I actually am. I'm excited to know because I never took the SAT in high school. I never did either. So how did you both feel about it? Awful. Uh, yeah, I felt pretty good <laughs> with the reading and the vocabulary. It was when I got to the no calculator math portion that I really got my ass kicked. <laughs> that shit was awful. The math portion, the calculator portion was easier. Yes, yes it was. I found that really hard to believe. But no walk in the park either. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but I at least had time left over. Oh, no, I ran out of time on both. Oh, you did? Oh, no, I'm feeling better I about did. the side I, bet then. I did. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I thought the side bet was a wash. What? Wasn't the side bet a wash? No, that was a 
That was him being facetious. It was oh, I gotcha. 25 show bucks on the, uh, the, to the winner. Yes. All right. You ready for some results? I am ready for some results. Well, let's hear from the lovely Laura, then. You guys were neck and neck in the reading portion. You were only a couple of points apart. Um, it's important to understand that your raw score is not your final score. And some of the sections are more heavily weighted than mm. others. Okay. okay. So we're neck and neck and through the reading and writing. We get to the mm. no calculator math portion. <laughs> And oh. one of you definitely falls behind. <laughs> oh, I feel like that might be me. It might be me. <laughs> okay, so there's no winners and losers in this. This is an SAT test. <laughs> All right, uh-huh. ready? Uh-huh. Yes. Kyle, your score was 1320. Holy shit, really? Yep. Wow. Wow. Dan? Kicking them. Yeah. <laughs> Your score was 1320. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Are you not sure? kidding. Oh, she's showing what? me the, the paper. Oh my god, you're I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Okay, where's. Okay, so we are equally intelligent. Okay, wow. And. Smarter than a, a 12th grader, I think we could say, too, right? Yeah, kicking them <laughs> high schoolers' asses. And we didn't need Adderall. Or I didn't. I actually considered taking one, but I, I, I thought it. that would be doping. <laughs> that would be doping. Yeah, I would have cried foul. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Laura, for coming in. and Yes, thank you, Laura. And You're for welcome. Us, well for done. Also it. <laughs> yes, appreciate that, too. Good job to both of you. Thanks, son. Bye. Bye. Okay, so uh, speaking of the bets, yes, I have a feeling uh, I have to lead off here. I think you do. <sighs> okay, so last week my bet pick was Keurig Dr Pepper KDP opened uh, the week following a fifty-two week high, well, all-time high, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, op- opened at thirty-six fifty-nine, closed at thirty-six oh five. Which brings me down to $473.77. And I don't get that sweet $25 bonus for beating you on the SAT. I was counting on that. I really was. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were really that confident you're going to beat me? I I honestly thought I would score enough on the reading and writing that the math wouldn't matter. (laughs) You know I like to read too. I do. I do. Well, and, and something I told Jen was, was like, look, Kyle is one of my friends where I he's smarter than me at some things, and I'm smarter than him at some things, but I don't think there's a definitive, in my head anyway, there's no definitive, like, I'm smarter or he's smarter. It's it's very much peer, really, yeah. in my head. We're I've peers, always thought so that, too. Getting, getting the Get, same score just reinforces Getting that. confirmation <laughs> of that, yeah, it was just crazy. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, as... People should know I was still holding Celsi CVM um, because I'm holding my stock uh, from the previous week. Uh, so it closed last Friday at twenty one thirty nine, and it ended this week at twenty two thirty three. So it got me about an extra twenty bucks. I'm sitting at four sixty four oh four. And then our random stock BTNB, which do you remember what that actually stood for? BTNB, no, but Google says Bridgetown 2 Holdings. Okay, yeah, was, uh, I think it was a SPAC, right? Yeah. I mean, judging by the price, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It opened the week at 10.05 and closed the week at 9.97, so the random's playing safe. Uh, bet total went to 5.85 and 19 cents down from 5.89.89, so, um, god damn it, we might be taking another test or something. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, what next? The Harvard entrance exam? God damn it. (laughs) We're going to get into Harvard before this is done. (laughs) I I probably have some old notes from uh, from one of my nuke power school days. Those are some pretty good tests. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that's not biased towards you at all. Oh, no, right. (laughs) I'll write a screenplay. You take a nuke power test, and we'll see who does better at the other person's thing. Deal. Uh, (laughs) All right, stay tuned to the end of the episode, folks. We'll be making a new bet. And as always, uh, we love to invite you to play along, post on Discord or email us, call in, get your bet pick for this week or next week. Play along. 
it's a good time. And uh, Kyle, I, th- I believe end of the bet means we're ready to move on to some news. All right, let's do it. Well, we all know why we're listening today. The sharpest person with the week to replay. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the bulls and the bears. Clowns running companies. Laws change overnight. Here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now it's time for China Shop News. All right, a lot of stuff happening this week, Kyle. What uh, you got? Any big stories that you're you're itching to lead off with? Well, the biggest one was what I saw this morning when I was just preparing. There's a new SEC rule that's going to end up changing who can invest in certain securities, and this is the one thing that I was most concerned about when we were talking about that financial services hearing. Yes, um, and it looks like that might be uh, kind of exactly what's happening. It should only affect OTC market stocks, but it's basically going to let me read the quote here. Companies that trade in the OTC market will be held to a stricter disclosure standard that prohibits broker-dealers from publicly quoting securities that fail to maintain current information. So that would end up pushing like the pink market. I think there's three classes of OTCs. Uh, pink is like the lowest. That's going to end up pushing them into the unregulated gray market, it says. I wasn't familiar with the gray market term before, but sounds like that's something that retail just won't have access to. But institutions, hedge funds, all other shit will still get to, to trade that. And you know how I feel about anything that limits retail i want access to to all the same shit that everyone else gets access to what even if you make a mistake and lose money kyle yeah i don't think the government needs to be protecting (laughs) us (laughs) like i want to be free to make my own mistakes because guess what you learn shit when you make mistakes you know what's interesting to me is uh uh in in business classes they call us barriers of entry Mm -hmm. so like if you were thinking about the the investment state of the investing world as a a a business then all they're doing is they're putting up barriers of entry to keep retail investors from playing the same game yeah and that's that's not healthy for us that's a move designed to keep the people who are winning the game winning the game and keep other people from playing it not i don't think that's with it that's in our best interests at all no 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 and i think if you i mean you can you can label these things as riskier the shit's not maintained up to date but i think some of the stuff that we've looked at like they may be up to date on like the canadian market but not necessarily in the u.s market is that going to delist those guys too right like i can still find the information if i know where to look just because it's not up to date with the sec and now suddenly i can't invest in it like i don't know that that just pisses me off it's frustrating because when a, when a company is over the counter and they manage to to get listed, that's a big win for any of those investors that were buying those shares when it was over the counter. Mm-hmm. So they're they're pushing us out of a out of a, a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of over the counter stocks that are going to go nowhere, and you you lose some money. That's why you got to do your research and believe in the company. But there are plenty that are just fresh new companies trying to get their foothold and get moving and then they make it and then they get listed and, and it's onward and upward. And I don't want to miss out. I don't want to be told that, oh, you're, you're, you're a retail investor. You don't have a million dollars in, in licensed financial right. qualify, qualifications and fuck you. Yeah, especially if you're only <laughs> investing like 5000 Like one of the, the sites that I was looking at where you can like sponsor video games and get like a cut of the profits. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds like a fantastic thing. But you got to be accredited in order to do that, even though like the minimum uh, investing amount is like, you know, $10,000 blocks. Like, I've got 10000 to go throw into a game that I firmly believe is going to be successful. Right. But nope, somebody's got to protect me. Not allowed. Uh-uh-uh. No bulls allowed. <laughs> no bulls allowed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my big one that I wanted to, to vent about, so. Well, it, it really seems to me like uh, the... <laughs> The FTC is, is really on a ball. I was just reading about how 7-Eleven purchased uh, the chain of Speedway gas stations, mm-hmm. which which really, in Tucson, they appeared about a year ago. Like, o- almost overnight, Speedway came in and they bought up, like, 30 gas stations around town. And, okay. And, yeah, I think I'm familiar with them, yeah. Uh, 7-Eleven has been in the process of acquiring them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 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 months, you know, they've got to file a lot of stuff. Uh, the 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 deal went through on uh Friday, okay, the fourteenth. Uh, they added Seven Eleven added thirty eight hundred Speedway stores in thirty six states. 
And then as soon as it finished, the uh, the FTC came out and said <laughs> they have reasons to believe the transaction was unlawful. What? And uh, 7-Eleven issued a statement back, said it had negotiated a settlement with FTC staffers and thought it had a deal in place to address the competitive concerns because it divested uh, like 300 stores. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, that that's all. I mean, they have to go through and get clearance for some of these deals to go through. So the SEC gave them clearance to go ahead with it and then came back after the fact and said, no, you can't. As soon as it was done. Yes. That sounds fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca Kelly Slaughter and Commissioner Rohit Chopra both said they thought the transaction is illegal and raises significant competitive concerns in hundreds of lo- local retail gasoline and diesel fuel markets across the country. Hmm. Uh, the the FTC, they said, has spent significant resources investigating this transaction, but hasn't yet come to an agreement with the parties and a majority of the commission that would fully resolve the competitive concerns. <laughs> uh, they right. said they said right. their decision to close the deal was highly unusual, and we're extremely troubled by it. So what we'll see we'll see what what happens. But it's just strange to me that they would they would say that this is anti-competitive because. 7-Eleven and Speedway are not the only gas stations in town. No, you've got BP over where you're at. you got the QT. Uh, Circle K, Chevron. Fast Trip, yeah, Exxon. Arco AMPM. There's fucking gas stations everywhere. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. There's a corner in Tucson where the Circle K across from a Circle K. You want to talk about competitive <laughs> advantage? <laughs> oh, that's nuts. Did we get a new Twitter poll? That'd be my question. Are people happy with... Uh, the the I don't know with that not the results the people happy with the actions that the SEC has been taken I don't know what the answers would be yes they're doing a good job they're not doing nearly enough fuck the SEC yeah are are you satisfied with the SEC's yeah. handling of are you satisfied with the SEC's handling of handling of are you just happy with the job they've done so far. Are you happy with the job the SEC's done so far since Gary Gensler's taken over? Yes, no, uh, undecided, fuck the SEC. Yeah, w- worthless paid garbage. <laughs> SEC's worthless. But yes, no, too early to tell, and SEC's, fuck the SEC. Yeah, basically, the SEC's doing nothing. SEC's a joke. There we go. SEC's a joke. There you go. All right. All right. That'll work. Yeah. So, yeah, FTC's really, really on fire this week. <laughs> Man, you're fucking nailing the segues today. Uh, didn't you have something, too, about, about gas? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Colonial Pipeline that got hacked and shut down has caused some supply issues on the East Coast. Uh, people started hoarding gasoline. Did it have any effect on the, uh, on the actual company's, you know, the trade? Did uh, anybody see a boost in price that wasn't affiliated with or affected by them? Not not that I came across. Not that I came across. It looked like my uh, one of my was the EPD Enterprise products. One of the the stocks that I've held for a long time. I think it got a little bit of a boost, but it's hard to tell. They're another pipeline company, and they service most of south the southeast. I think. I don't. I don't know if gas prices were were going up uh, uh, because of the supply shortage, but I do know that people were panic buying gasoline, mm-hmm. putting it in plastic bags and like water bottles and shit which is not safe i'm pretty sure i remember using uh gasoline to melt plastic kind of makes like a burnable napalm <laughs> yeah 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 kids if you're listening no 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 styrofoam no. i'm gonna have to flag this episode with a special disclaimer <laughs> we are not anarchists we do not subs- prescribe the making of napalm at home that was years ago uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw the i saw a picture on uh, i think on twitter of like somebody with like 10 garbage bags in the back of their suv like filled with gasoline like are you fucking kidding me how did that not burst <laughs> well kyle there were two incidents of cars <laughs> exploding into flames because people filled their trunk with gasoline oh my god <laughs> and and not good good containers um, but the, the thing, the thing that uh, made me really crack up was f- the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody started panic buying gasoline. In fact, one of the accidents was in Florida. Lady filled filled the back of her car. That's not shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she she had filled up the back of her car, and she had stolen license plates. So the cops tried to pull her over, and she ran, and then wrecked her car, and it exploded in, no. <laughs> in a giant fireball. 
no sympathy for her. But the the thing that's hilarious about it, Kyle, Florida's not even supplied by the Colonial Pipeline. They get their gas from tankers. There was no shortage in Florida, but there was a shortage in Florida because everybody bought the gas and gas stations can only hold so much gas at a time. So Florida caused its own gas shortage by panicking. Wow. I was shocked to see just how polite this ransom company, well, I mean, uh, what are they called? The group is called Darkside. Yeah. Uh, they actually issued an apology <laughs> for, the, for the social disturbance that they caused. Uh, the, here's the, the quote from their, their statement. Uh, we are apolitical. We do not participate in geopolitics. Do not need to tie us with the defined government and look for our Look for other, our motives. What? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, from today, we will introduce moderation and check each company that our partners want to equip to avoid social consequences in the future. Another thing that I was saying, too, which... Wait, wait, wait. That they're partners? Yeah, I'm sure people hire them in order to do this. It's all dark web bullshit. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so they apologize for causing social consequences, and now they're going to they're gonna do a little more due diligence when they're picking their targets to make sure that they don't cause problems for the, the normal people. It's very nice of you, you pirates. Right. <laughs> <laughs> pirates with what the a code. What a gentleman pirate. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I found really interesting was, uh, I, think, I don't know if it was something I saw on Twitter or if it was an actual article. I, couldn't find it this morning looking for it again but the, something saying that their customer service was like better than most companies <laughs> <laughs> hi this is dark side hacking you have a problem with one of our hack jobs today um let's see here a oh, little note here on their code of conduct <laughs> they will not extort hospitals funeral homes nonprofits. they do target large corporations and sometimes donate proceeds to charities and apparently the charities will return the money wait so so this hacking group actually has a mission statement like it's a fucking business wow it sounds like an actual company yeah with the fucking hr yeah, department right. and everything <laughs> <laughs> We hear dark side hacking. Stand by our, our corporate values. Yeah, with hold music and everything. <laughs> what a weird, weird time to be alive. Yeah. Well, the last story that I had that I want to kind of transitions a little bit. Electric vehicles. Uh, Elon Musk uh, apparently decided to suspend plans to accept cur- cryptocurrencies as payments for his electric vehicles, uh, but they did not sell their Bitcoin. They're still holding their Bitcoin. He used just. Um, uh, let's see his quote here. Uh, we are concerned about rapidly increasing use of fossil fu- fuels for Bitcoin mining and transactions, especially coal, which has the worst emissions of any fuel, Musk said. Uh, cryptocurrency is a good idea at many levels, and we believe it has a promising future, but this cannot come at great cost to the environment. So after wow. he made these statements and then suspended using cryptocurrencies to pay for his you know, Teslas, uh, Bitcoin was down about 12%, uh, below 50,000 again. Other digital coins followed. Uh, Ethereum, I think, lost about 14% and Dogecoin lost about 20. But Dogecoin might have gained it back because I think he was also, he posted a poll about asking whether they should accept Dogecoin or not. Mm. Uh, Musk is just kind of I don't know what is going, what's going on there. Well, did you, did you watch his Saturday Night Live? I watched the skit um, when he called the crypto or Dogecoin a hustle, basically. He's trying to explain, yes. what is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> um, Michael Che's like, so it's a hustle. Yeah, yeah it's a hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought that was a great, great little bit. <laughs> you know, he, he started that episode by saying he was the first host uh, on Saturday Night Live to have Asperger's or the first host to admit it. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. I did not know he had Asperger's. I'm not surprised, but yeah, I, did, I didn't know that was the case either. Uh, I did see there was some outrage at him using Asperger's because that's not the technical definition or uh, the name of the the symptom or goddamn it what do you call it oh lord what? yeah because uh, apparently a nazi came up with that so it's some other name that they want to use are we saying it's a good thing to have no i think they're just saying it's a bad thing to give a nazi credit for coining a name for it well i'll tell you right now if we start calling cancer hitler i, I won't have a problem <laughs> probably H- cut hitler all that killed too. my mom <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing oh i'm not cutting that that's cold <laughs> I I found it interesting though that uh, they didn't address any like the impact that like making the Teslas have like between you know the impact of the batteries um, and then the electricity that's used to charge them. A lot of that comes from coal infrastructure too. Yeah, not everybody's got their solar panels all set up to charge their <laughs> Teslas. Yeah. 
tell you that right now. And plus, aren't a lot of Bitcoin miners using solar to or renewable energies to mine? From what I understand, they're using whatever they can get. We remember when we did that call with the uh, with Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking about how the the Bitcoin mining operations are setting up shop like right next to the hydroelectric dam, right? And, you know, like as close to the the power generation centers as possible. So mm-hmm. I imagine. It's different companies, and it's next to any power source. Yeah, probably. Big solar farm, sure. Big wind farm, sure. Hydroelectric dam, <laughs> sure. Coal plant, sure. Yeah. All right, you got any more news before we, uh, before we move on? No. No, I think that wraps it up. All right. Well, I'm going to change it up and give you the sponsor now before we move on to investing. Should we do both our sponsors? Because we have uh, the Antiva, or not Antiva, the E3 Metals one to do, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, uh... Let's just do them both. Let's do that one. Time for school, kids. Well, they paid a lot of money for the show to talk about this, and we don't think that we'll drop it on time. By the time we cash the checks and the contents in the press, we're on the Discord just in time to see our pride fly by. It's alright, because it pays for the show. Kyle, we just got paid $110 from a third party via PayPal to talk about E3 Metals Corp. E3 Metals Corp. Who are they? They've got a over-the-counter stock ticker of EEMMF, TSXV stock ticker of ETMC. I think that's uh, the Canadian Exchange, ETMC. Toronto. They are a metals company sitting on a very large lithium deposit up in Canada. Really? Yes. Didn't we just hear something about like all the lithium being like mined is coming out of like China? I thought I'd been reading something about like uh, we're just too dependent on China for lithium. Like for some reason, China has controls way too much of that supply, and that's a, kind of a, a strategic thing that needs to be rectified. Well, I know uh, E3 Metals Corp. The word on the street is is they've got the world's seventh largest uh, lithium uh, deposits. Six point seven metric tons of inferred mineral resource. Uh, seventh, yeah. Oh my God, that's a lot. Yeah, Six point seven one million metric tons. I gotta say, it looks like they've got a lot of lithium. They're just about to start mining. Uh, I, I've read their their development plan is to produce twenty thousand tons a year with their already existing infrastructure, and they're gonna scale up. What what are they? What's the lithium for again? That's for batteries, right? EVs. This is for the batteries and the electric vehicles. Yeah, they all run on lithium batteries. That's got to be a huge market, right? Oh, yeah. We're, we're talking uh, potentially trillions. <laughs> uh, the anticipated demand by uh, 2030 is going gonna, is gonna to go from, uh, I guess in 2018, it was uh, 200,000 metric tons LCE. And we're looking by 2030, it's going to be up to 1.8 million. So nine times bigger demand in 12 years. We saw that California was uh, uh, trying to basically ban all gas vehicles i think that starts in what 2035 yeah yeah it's definitely definitely a thing happening i mean that's already happened so we know we know that electric vehicles are going to be much bigger here coming up soon yes uh they are up in alberta canada which uh from from what i understand is an extremely industry friendly region for uh, the oil and gas industry Mm -hmm. so it's got uh great existing regulations and permitting processes Looks like they're right in between Edmonton and Calgary. Then that area is uh, blanketed with a with a network of pipelines and wells and roads. So shipping this lithium out, not a problem. They've got their own proprietary ion exchange, direct lithium extraction technology, mm-hmm. uh, which, according to them, offers a huge advantage. Uh, you know, any any sort of uh, advance or, or advantage you can get in actually extracting the lithium can translate to huge, huge gains profit-wise. Okay, so they know that they know they have a deposit. They know how to extract it. They know how to process it. So now the only thing that's left is profit. Profit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely got this on, on my watch list. Put put it right in my EV watch list. Oh, there you have it, folks. E three Metals Corp. Uh, check them out. E E M M F on the American exchanges. E T M C on the Canadian exchanges. Uh, we'll have a link in the description. Check them out. See if it's something you want on your watch list. Check it out for yourself. Uh, don't take our word for it. We've been paid. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. Lovely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright because it pays for the show. Well, folks, uh, Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen of Fairway Independent Mortgage. 
an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She does a great job. She's got over 20 years experience and just has helped thousands of people with their homes and their mortgages, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even reverse mortgages. Sue can and will help. Uh, she's licensed in 26 states and growing. So reach out and see what Sue can do for you. The best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904, or you can shoot her an email at spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. That phone number is 520-977-7904. Reach out to Sue for all your mortgage needs. Should we, uh, well, first of all, you have anything else to say about E3? Oh, uh, yeah, E3, sitting on a giant chunk of lithium like that is uh, it's a good sign in my book. I think the only thing that I saw that maybe gave me a little bit of pause was that uh, article you posted about aluminum, the aluminum battery development. Oh, yeah. That yeah. could be a problem, but I mean, that's probably still quite a ways away from... Uh, being able to be developed. Y- yes, yes. Um, Kyle's referring to an article I posted to, on the Discord. Uh, so some researchers have made a developmental breakthrough in using aluminum for rechargeable batteries, and it's, it's going to be cheaper and hold a charge, uh, long, have more charges per, per battery. Should also be more environmentally friendly, too. And be more environmentally friendly. Yeah, it looks like it's it's going to be a win all around. However, we're 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 so long away from yeah. from having it be fully developed to where it's it's working, and to where supply chains are going to want to shift. Because right now, all these electric vehicles are are designed and manufactured with lithium batteries in mind, and we've got tons of lithium battery companies and, and making it like that stuff can't change overnight. So. Yeah. It is a threat to the lithium industry, but it's a looming threat. It's not. It's not here yet. Yeah, and the you know, just because they, I mean, it's the first step to 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 create it, but then it has to be commercially viable next. So mm-hmm. they have to be able to produce mm-hmm. it cheaper, and then it has to get adopted. So there's still a few hurdles before something like that comes in play. But I figure we should probably mention that because we did just share that article. Yes, yes. And then we also uh, had a little bit of a discussion with uh, some fans of Antiba after we uh, ran that sponsored content. Oh, yes. That's right. That's right. Actually, they, I mean, they called us out on, uh, I think it was StockTwits, and we ended up engaging with them. And had, I think it ended up being a really good discussion with those guys. Yes, yes. So, yeah, if you're interested, you can, you can find that on there, the, the conversation that we had. Uh, kind of explain, like, how that whole process works with the sponsored content. I won't get into it on here, but... All right, Kyle, you ready to move on and talk about some investments? I am. Now look at them bozos. That's the way to do it. Do your investing up commission free. That ain't working. That's the way to do it. Money in something like the S&P. It ain't certain, but that's the way to do it. Let me tell you, just play it long. Maybe get an index tracking marijuana. Maybe get some Arctic space fun. Shall I lead us off, or did you want to lead us off? Uh, why don't you go ahead, switch it up a little bit. All right. As as, as longtime listeners know, I'm I'm long on publicly long on three stock tickers. They haven't been doing too stellar lately uh start with mj uh open the week at 2130 close the week at 1969 so time to buy <laughs> time to buy it, it actually uh it's it hasn't been down below 20 for a bit yeah uh it brushed it in in, in april um yeah so now that we're we're back below 20 it, it's a good buying opportunity average you, cost average down you might watch it for a little bit just to see because if it if it was seeing support at 20, you might want to wait and see if it finds another support level or if it bounces right off of that 20 mark. Well, yeah, these are long term. So this yeah. is this is just I buy it no matter where it's no. at. When oh, I that's a good point to buy. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, this is investing. I'm not I'm not trying to trade this one. Right. Uh, the, the other one, the other one, I'm, <laughs> the other ones that I'm taking a bath on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the triple leverage Nasdaq, as you can probably predict, not doing too well. Opened at one hundred two sixty six, closed at ninety five ninety seven. Oh, 
Uh, but in the middle of the week, it was down at 88. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little rebound on, I think that was Thursday, Friday. Yeah, yeah, Thursday, Friday was good. ArcX opened uh, the week at $20.33, closed the week at $19.75, so... Uh, down a hair. Uh, they also, I saw, I saw that they divested all of their, or sold out all of their Virgin Galactic shares not too long ago, or sometime last week. Oh. Um, actually, we we didn't cover it around the bet time, but uh, we did run a poll on whether or not space was done. Eighty three percent said to buy the dip. And about 17% said, get out now. So people are still pretty bullish on that company, even mm. though it's been really taking a, a beating. Kathy Wood is not. Yeah. But I got to say, the ARCX Space Exploration ETF, since it opened, its its low is $19.15 and its high is $21.27. So this isn't very volatile. No, not at all. At all. Uh <laughs> You know, it's it's got uh, yeah, it's it's got a two dollar swing. So, well, that's what you're supposed to do with. That's why you like ETFs, because <laughs> yes, they should be more stable like that. Uh, all right, and that uh, that concludes Dan's investment update. All right, uh, well, I tried to enroll in another IPO through TD Ameritrade, and I did not get any shares again this time. I don't even remember what the symbol was because uh, I went to go look at the order, but. I didn't get shares this time, not because there were none available, but because they actually withdrew the offer. So I'm oh. guessing that was because cause it was supposed to debut Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was listed as being on the 12th, but it was actually scheduled when I looked at the calendar for, for the Thursday, the 13th. And it got withdrawn after the beating, I think, that the market took uh, end of Wednesday. So I'm guessing they just mm. pulled it because uh, <laughs> conditions of the market did not look very good. It looked like we were just in free fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we release now, it's all down, boys. <laughs> and I'm guessing that probably saved me some money. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, what else did I do? Oh, I did buy my first cryptos. I signed up on Coinbase after that Elon Musk Ooh. tweet came out. I remember we talking about when we talked about Chia with Sean uh, way back when mm-hmm. that because that one uses hard drive space, it should be a lot less energy intensive. Yes. So I figure that might be one of the ones that benefited from Elon Musk's statement about looking for more uh, eco-friendly cryptos. Uh, and I was right. It totally did. It was up about 50% after the day after I wanted to buy it, but it was not listed on fucking Coinbase, so I did not get to buy any of it. Oh, yeah, you uh, may have to do it through the Chia itself. Yeah. You may have to uh, download the Chia software to, to open a wallet and buy it. Yeah. So the ones I did end up buying were uh, ADA or Cardana, because I think that was another one of the eco-friendly. Um, and then also Mana, which uh, if you follow our Discord, that was one of the ones that Shano mentioned on there um as uh, uh that one intrigues me because it's a currency that's used for like a virtual world so if that platform mm. ends up becoming like the ready player one world <laughs> be oh, nice shit. to have yeah, some yeah, of that money now <laughs> <laughs> so i figured you know i'd throw a couple hundred bucks in each of those and just see what they do get my feet wet after talking with hans i felt a little more comfortable about uh, you know investing in a couple of these just to see how it just to see what happens. Uh, the last thing I did was I added a little bit to my AMC, which I don't know if that's uh, that's kind of investing. Uh, we can get a little bit more into. Oh, I was saving mine for trading. Okay, I'll save it for there. Uh, that that pretty much wraps up my investing week then. All right. Well, let's let's get a song going because I want to hear about this AMC stuff. Well, we got to do earnings first. Oh. Yeah, I don't know why I'm always so disappointed in earnings. Okay, Kyle, we'll do earnings, I guess. Something to pay attention to. It's a good song. It's a good song. Oh, I love the song. Yeah, that's the whole (laughs) reason why we do earnings, is to hear that song. (laughs) My motto's always been, when I'm right, it's right. So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price. When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day. And we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way. Skyrockets in sight. Earnings call delight. Earnings call delight. Okay, Kyle, let's, what's uh, what's our earnings? Uh, Monday, we've got Riot. All right. Our R-I-O-T, Purple, Mattresses, P-R-P-L, and Plug Power, P-L-U-G. On the 18th, we've got Walmart, W-M-T, Home Depot, H-D, Baidu, B-I-D-U, and Macy's. I don't know if you looked at Macy's stock price in a while. I remember when we were playing with uh, straddles on it when it was like $6 a share. Yeah. It's almost 20 now. It was at like 18 right? 
last week I looked and it was at like 15 because I was looking at because it does weekly options. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's over that now. I think it was closer to 18, 19. Jesus. Yeah, didn't see that one turning around. I thought that'd be for sure one of the casualties. Uh, let's see what else. The 19th, we've got Lowe's, L-O-W, Target, TGT, and Cisco, C-S-C-O. On the 20th, Hormel, H-R-L, uh, Ralph Lauren, R-L, and I think that's Ross, R-O-S-T. And to wrap things up on Friday, we've got John Deere, D-E, and F-L. And I don't remember what F-L is anymore. FL is Foot Locker. Foot Locker, that's right. Foot Locker's trading at an all-time high, too, or a 52-week high, I'm sorry. So that one's been yeah. doing really well, too. Might be watching that one to see if it falls. So so their all-time high is like 75 bucks. If you believe the Darvis method, if they break through 75 we don't know how far they'll go, but it's probably going to be up for a bit. Gotcha. All right, what's your list? Uh, so, Kyle, on, on my momentum list, uh, we've got Allstate back on there. They just hit three days in a row mm. on Friday. Yeah, uh, you know they've been on this list a lot, except when when they're my yeah. bet pick. Yeah, so, I've noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and H and R Block back on the uh, list three days in a row. I'm guessing it's because of the, the all the taxes they get their tax money from everybody filing. Yeah. So yeah, we probably should have made a play on them. Those are the two too big on the list. No, nobody has else on the list that even has three days running. Really? Uh, very tumultuous week. Hmm. Yeah, the be- if you call the beginning of the week was really bad based on the inflation news, and so that knocked everybody off. There was only mm-hmm. like sixteen. Okay. On uh, Tuesday. Gotcha. And then like twenty-five on Wednesday. All right. Um, trading. Oh yeah, let's uh, let's get that trading song going. You say you want a ticker that wins. The bell just rung. It's time to get in. Ups drivers wild. I think AMC is the big deal. I've got other stuff I did other than AMC, but I, I, I'm excited to be talking about what's going on with AMC. Yeah, me too. So real quick, things that I did that weren't AMC, let's both do our non-AMC things and then okay. we'll talk about AMC. All right, let's do that. I nailed another S&P call purchase. Oh yeah, you killed that one. Fuck. And, and what's crazy is I sold out to get my uh, 30% gain. Mm-hmm. On the trade, I bought them on the twelfth. Yeah, uh, I've been buying them. My my super secret. Don't tell anybody. I've been buying them the day before Borman told us, uh-huh. and it's been a lot more successful. Ah, uh-huh. I got uh yeah, sold them uh the next day at a thirty percent gain. But if I'd held, I could have e- I, I would have more than doubled. It's getting closer to. Uh, I mean, it was would it close the week at like fourteen sixteen? Yeah. Well, I can actually I can tell you where it would be. If you give me just a just a second here. I'll look up an options price. It's not something I've ever done on my phone before, but I'll see if I can figure it out. Uh, I had May 17th calls. Oh, so you even still had a couple more days on it. Oh, yeah, you'd been sitting really pretty. I had, yeah, I had May 17th, $410 calls. They closed for, I, I bought them. I bought them at 292 They closed at 731 Yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't kick myself for that. But you got your 30 You got your 30 because I got my fucking 30, and I don't know if you're aware of this, Kyle, but 30% is a really solid fucking gain for one day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially when I can chain them in a row, this strategy and method is, so far has uh, averaged me 26% gains. I've had one trade where I lost 5%. And that was one you didn't follow the method, too. You think you bought that the wrong day. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, boom, that, that's, that, that's what I did. That wasn't AMC, and I'm 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 fucking I'm stoked. I feel like I like I can't lose, which is really dangerous. And I know we've had a few talks because I'm like I just want to go in all in every time. But but remember, with the set scores, being too positive is just as bad as being too low. Yes, yes, and I'm lucky that uh, I've got Kyle in my life telling me these things because it does resonate in my brain. And uh, I am not going all in every single time. I'm trying to to build build a, the build it up and and grow it that way. Not risk. It's really risk management. I'm not trying to. I don't need to risk all 
my yeah. fucking money every time. Uh, it's it's okay. <laughs> all right, is it? That was all your AMC. That was all my non AMC stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my non AMC stuff. Um, I have been playing ten or twelve so securities every month, selling off monthly contracts. Uh, those those are all coming up next week. But I had three positions or four positions that were only anywhere from like 0.07 cents to you know 0.3 cents worth uh and the the value for an extra week on the 618 calls looked very attractive so i closed out uh my positions for the ones i sold on sonos bed bath and beyond palantir and OCGN, OCGN was a little more expensive. That was in the forty cents range. But a ten dollar fucking call for OCGN was trading at like over a dollar eighty on a stock that's at like eight dollars and sixty some cents. So yeah, it definitely felt worth it to go ahead and close that out now and just grab another one. And I may end up actually buying more shares to trade a few more covered calls on that because if I can get that cost average down to what well, that put it at seven dollars, I'm more than happy owning that stock at seven bucks. So, and then the other thing I found out when I was doing that was on TD Ameritrade, a contract worth five cents or less, uh, when you're closing the position, did not have any premiums or uh, uh, fees associated with trading it. So I was really happy to see that. It's kind of annoying on the one that was traded for like uh, 0.07 because I still had to pay that 65 cents, but I think I more than made up for it with the extra week of, of theta value on the other contracts. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that on a, on a few of mine that, that they, they haven't had their commission fee in there and it's like yeah all right so amc oh god kyle amc wow i got those shares put to me and that was not enough i needed more (laughs) (laughs) you you bought just shares i did i did i sold i sold another put uh at 1250 uh-huh. which uh on on friday was was like i i sold it on a thursday and for a for 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 a dollar 6 oh wow and yeah and then so friday comes around and of course the price is is up 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 and i bought i bought it back i didn't let it expire i bought it bought it back uh for i don't know like 5 bucks nice um <laughs> yeah very yeah. nice and then i was like you know um i don't know where the price is gonna because it was up and down all all friday and i was like i don't know where it's gonna end up so i just gotta buy the shares like i can't i can't wheel this one today so i bought i bought two lots i, I bought i bought 100 shares and then and then i was uh, i was just looking at it and i was looking at gme and i was thinking about all the stuff that happened with the, the gme and and the, the big big thing that shifted in my head that made me go by uh i bought 200 more shares on on friday mm-hmm. was was that uh, gme has kept its value because all these retail investors are holding they're not panic selling and i think we're going to see the same thing with a- amc G- gamestop was always a value play and i think amc is too people don't believe that the stock is as should be as worth as low as you know ten dollars they they believe it's well, worth you know, tw- twenty to thirty. Right, right. And you were always value on GME, and and I I was always skeptical of it. But I am not skeptical of the value of AMC theaters. I am a movie fan myself. I prefer the movie theater experience. Are you still skeptical of GME's value? Because I think uh, are you willing to say I was right? <laughs> I am willing to say that you were right. Yeah, yeah. Well, All you right. were. I'll take it. I'd be a fool. I'd be a fool not to admit <laughs> you being right when you're right. Come on. Yeah, here we are. GME still at 160 dollars a share. Ryan Cohen is doing everything that you you said and thought he would be doing to turn it around. Mm-hmm. Um, it does. It does look like it's well on its way. I also noticed too, with just just a quick uh, GME yep. mention, I did notice that the institutional ownership finally dipped below 100. percent So weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I can understand if like you know delays in reporting would keep that number. That number could be kind of off based on just like the 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 time frame of reporting but it had been sitting over 100 percent for fucking months so i still think there's a pretty healthy short interest out there on that company too yeah but anyway amc amc anyway amc yeah so so uh i think right now it is we are recording this on may 15th uh, history doesn't repeat but it does rhyme i think amc is rhyming with what happened with gme mm-hmm. i don't think hedge funds have tweaked and changed their algorithms and methods enough to take into account this this shift that we were living through in re- retail investment power and everybody's buying it and holding it uh i i see I, I see really good things for amc here in the short and long term like 
I'm what I'm watching for for the short term is I'm waiting to see it break that fourteen dollar mark. Um, I think Trace Trades has been posting a lot about this. Um, I mean, I followed him when he was talking about the the, the nine dollar bounce, and then he said if we can close above mm-hmm. eleven twenty, that you know fourteen is the next mark after that. And it's been it broke through eleven twenty with authority. It's tested that fourteen yep. mark a couple times this last week. A couple it times, hasn't, yep. Hasn't broken out past it. So we really need to see it break past that before we can, you know, call victory. Because it, it could go back and retest that nine dollars again if it doesn't yeah. make it up there, if it gets rejected again. But I did follow him and I bought some of the calls that he was buying. He bought nine fifty or nine dollars and fifty cent calls on five fourteen expiration. And he also bought the ten fifty calls uh at 528 i bought blocks of both of those i uh, sold most of the 514s for a small gain i think about let's see i bought them at 75 cents and i sold them for an average of 120 all except for one contract and i nice. i kept that contract in order to exercise it uh and then the 528s i'm holding those waiting to see what happens early in the week if we do get that clean break past 14 if i don't see that in the next couple of days i'll probably end up cashing those out at a really nice profit yeah he's got some some fucking good stuff. Yeah, I tried to get him on our show, but he's too big for us now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be awesome. Well, I I had I, I saw that there were over a hundred thousand uh, options contracts that expired at, at twelve fifty uh, strike price mm-hmm. that expired Friday. Well, there was a ton of volume on them on Friday too, so I didn't see what the actual open interest ended up being. But I think it was a lot higher than what was actually showing up on those on uh, on Friday. But you got to remember though, with those, most of those have already been hedged. What causes that gamma squeeze is that feedback loop when ones that are more out the money start getting closer to in the money. Then they have to start buying shares in order to hedge against having to possibly pay those out. Yeah, and we were to, we closed two cents shy of the thirteen dollar mark, which. Right. Made me sad. I really wanted to close at like 1302, just so <laughs> even more we're in the money. Yeah, but you you got to remember, too, you have an hour in aftermarket to actually to, to actually decide whether or not you're going to exercise them. So if it does go up in aftermarket, you still have a chance to, to see those happen. It did not go up in after hours. It actually fell. No, it did not. It's still holding well above that 1120 resistance line, and <laughs> that puts 14 in play, and 14 puts 20. I did run a poll, uh, I think it was on Thursday, or no, it was on Friday. I, I ran one yesterday uh, asking just what people thought, how high it would go. Mm-hmm. People are predicting anywhere between, uh, let's see, 100 to 1,000 is the, the the main answer, and then the second one was over 1,000. Uh, let me get the actual results here. I got to say, the, the social media sentiment... Uh, Twitter and like the Weebull comments, and now 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 I'm doing stock twits. I don't like Reddit because there's too many trolls. But uh, yeah, pe- people people are talking a hundred thousand dollars a share. I know, and I I don't think that's realistic. I'm dubious on that, but I mean, who knows? I'll watch it and see how it does. Uh, here's the results of that poll: uh, uh, less than a hundred was thirteen percent, a hundred to a thousand was forty percent. Over a thousand was thirty five percent, and then I threw in a NAN or, or not a number. <laughs> got thirteen <laughs> percent. <laughs> okay, thir- thirteen. So, so more than one third of the people. So thirteen plus thirty five, forty. Almost half the people believe this is going over a thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. I Kyle, I I don't think it will. I admit I was one of the people that clicked one hundred to a thousand. That's kind of what I was thinking. I think anything over a hundred would be amazing. But I mean, who who the fuck knows? I mean, the one thing that, from what I understand, the one thing you can't predict here is just how much uh, once this thing starts riding, like you know, running, how much FOMO are you going to get? How many people are going to be jumping on because it's going nuts? What what's your what's your exit strategy with AMC? Uh... I think everyone says you should sell on the way down just because it's easier to, to know that it's over. But my strategy, I think I'm looking to, I want to be able to offload a couple hundred shares to be able to pay for my investment. And then I just want to see what happens with the rest of them. I mean, I really don't know. I think I have a couple numbers that if I was to hit, I would, if I get to the point where I don't have to go to work anymore and I got next week <laughs> off, if I don't have to go back to work next, you know, the week after that, uh, I'll be taking it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I know GME uh from when it first started its gamma squeeze, it was about 2 weeks before the big squeeze hit. And remember with that one too, that one got its legs cut out from under it. It peaked at 560, right, roughly before mm-hmm. they shut off the buy for retail. Yep. That thing was 
I mean, there may not have been an upper number. Who knows what that would have hit? Do you do you think that they won't shut this one off? Like they're not. You think they're not going to do that again? I think they're going to do it again. I wouldn't be surprised. My plan, because I don't want to be on the when it's when it's falling. That's to me is the 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 hardest time to sell. Mm -hmm. I I want to sell. I want to try. You can't time these things, but just GME had a good two three days where it was just up over 300 the problem is you're going to see 300 then 120 then 400 then 250 it's going to go all over the place the only way to know that it's over is when you see like three days of downward trends lower lows and lower highs well what i'm saying is is when it's happening when we're seeing it bounce around the hundreds Mm -hmm. i'm gonna put my sell order in i'm gonna put it in i'm gonna try and and put it around the middle of the peaks Mm mm-hmm Maybe toward, maybe, of course, I'm greedy, so I want it towards the high end. But I, my goal is to actually get the shares sold while it's squeezing. Right. Uh, I don't want to wait for it till it's over. I want to, I want to sell my shares to the hedge funds that are having to cover. I don't want to sell my shares to the FOMOs as it's falling and dying. Uh, yeah, you might get some pushback from the rest of the world saying that we need to hold it in order to make it happen. So the more people that start selling it early means the less likely the squeeze happens. Well, I'm selling it in the midst of the squeeze. Yeah. If, yeah. It, if AMC is in the hundreds, the squeeze is on. <laughs> <laughs> if we all sell in the hundreds and there's no shot of hitting thousands, hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands. Yeah. Well, then I guess I'm a villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I think you... I mean, I'm. You got to take some off the table. You got to make sure you get paid. You got to make sure this isn't for nothing. But you don't have to sell it all right away. I do want to keep shares because obviously, if the price gets that high and I sell any, I've paid for it. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I paid for it. So I want to, I want to at least save save a block of a hundred. Uh, so the the plan is is to sell 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 two thirds, and then I want to while it's while it's spiking, I want to I want to sell a a ridiculous covered call at like well i bought you know my my co- my average cost if you take in the options prices is mm-hmm. uh is 11 11 35 is my average right. cost so so i want to i'm going to sell a covered call at like 25 dollars a share i want to i want to try and pick a point that's uh high enough to where if they get called i i still did great i uh, think that's my but, year best bet i was looking at somebody who'd been playing cover calls and cash secured puts on gamestop during the you know during the whole squeeze and it cost him a lot to put the cash up front for you know the block of shares that he was tying up but i think he made somewhere around 60 some thousand dollars just just selling premiums yeah i mean if i can sell a premium a month out and then the squeeze ends then i may you know you (laughs) all that premium is fucking huge I think what you do there is that when you, once you hit a good mark, then you sell a fucking you. Uh, let's see, you sell a call and buy a put. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that way in case, yeah. but you can do that on weeklies, and then you know if it goes higher, then uh, well, all it does is lock in your sell price if the call doesn't exercise. I don't know. That's something to look at, though. Oh no, you yeah, you could you, you straddle it. Yeah, you sell a put, you sell a call. No, 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 you sell a put. You buy a call, you sell a put. No, wait, backwards. Sorry, backwards, 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 backwards. You sell the call to get the premium and increase your, your basically high end there, and then you buy the put for your shares. So that way, if it does fall and the squeeze ends, then you've just, you just bought a put at like you know $500. If the share price is at $100, you are you are selling your shares at 500 and somebody else is taking a fucking beating. Yeah, yeah. That might be the way to go, is just, just buy puts when it goes catastrophic. And then you can use that to hedge your shares. Right? Like, it goes catastrophic, sell those calls, buy some puts. Yeah. Sit back, tasty profit. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, we went a little long there. Do some options alerts. Uh, I saw two health uh, healthcare ones that popped up that were interesting to me. Pfizer 121 of 2022, $37 call sweep at $4.35 a contract. $274,000, and that was a bullish. Uh, Pack B. Pacific Biosciences. I think that's a stock that you had liked for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Six eighteen expiration. Uh, Twenty dollars strike. Call sweep again. Uh, Four dollars and eighty cents a contract. Mm. Three hundred thousand bullish. And then the last one. This is a strategy that I had not seen before, so I threw it on here just so we can kind of talk about it real quick. Uh, they called it a credit spread 
risk reversal or call spread risk reversal. And it had its own separate article. It was on ARK-K, uh, the ARK Innovation ETF. The total trade ended up costing the guy $1.47 a contract. What he did was he sold the May $85 puts, bought the May 102 calls, and sold the May 109 calls. Uh, this made the trade break even at a for May 21st. Traded 4,000 contracts at over half a million. And looking at the stock, I don't know what indicator he used to to make this trade, but it's already trading at 104, above 104 right now. So he's already made his money. Wow. But I thought that was an interesting strategy. Yeah, he sold some really out the money puts, bought the 102 calls, which were pretty much, I think it was about $4 above the strike price when I was looking through the history of it. And then sold the May 109 calls in order to help, I guess, bring that premium down of those 102 calls. Wow. So selling, he sold puts, he bought calls, and then he sold some further out the money calls. That's a very interesting strategy. I like it. Yeah, I kind of do too. I mean, they're really, and especially doing it on ETF, what's the chances that an ETF is going to fall, you know, 10% in a week? Right. But yeah, those are the, those were the interesting ones. So yeah, like I said, I marked that one just because I never... I'd not seen that strategy before. It makes sense. I mean, we've looked at call spreads quite a few times, but throwing a, a put in there to help further reduce that cost. Uh, interesting strategy. Something to think about. All right, are we, are we ready to... To wrap up? To slap iron? Let's do it. Well, it should be no surprise that uh, my good for the week are my S&P calls, still managing to do things right on their, those. Mm-hmm. My good was my AMC options trades and my premium plan. I felt pretty good about, one, taking profits, even though I left a lot on the table. It actually felt a lot easier to to take those profits and not worry about what was going to happen. I sold more than enough to to make it profitable, regardless of whatever happened. The last remaining one I was holding, and that last one I was holding mostly because I wanted more shares. And then I liked my closing of those other contracts early for my premium plan or my plan to sell contracts and try to generate monthly income. I thought that that was well executed and well planned out. So I was really proud of myself for that. Yes. Well done. What was your bad? Um, I didn't time my and price my AMC purchases very as well as I know how to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I should should use some some trailing uh, stops to enter. You know, I know it's volatile. And instead of looking at it and going, well, it's only up from here, yeah, um, I, I got too overloaded. I too overloaded with positivity. I should have. I wanted to tell you to to wait until the end of the day to buy them because it looked like it was. If you looked at the chart for the week, it was like running up in the morning and then kind of downward trend mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the day. So you probably could have got the better price closer to like maybe an hour away from closing. Yeah. Oh, I could have absolutely. Um, but I, it's I'm still actually below my cost with right. all of the premiums I've gotten from the different options. Um, I forgot to mention I did I did sell uh, two covered call twenty dollar covered calls for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I figured if the worst thing that happens is I'd have to sell my shares at double what I paid for them. <laughs> can't, can't kick myself for that, but it was bad. I, I know better. I, sh- I knew better and I should have done better, but, uh, my bad is I've been getting lax with measuring my set scores. Uh, that was one of my commitments to myself, um, to measure that at least once a day. I missed a day last week. Uh, I have actually had to been doing some work at work. So, I mean, that's kind of gotten the way a little bit, but uh, you're still going to make time for myself and my plan. <laughs> what was your ugly? Well, my, that that's segues right into my ugly. <laughs> I have made no progress on the mind muscles. Oh, no. I am not good at <laughs> self-improvement. Yeah. And even when I know it works and I can see it working in you and I'm like, there's value here, Dan, do it. It's it's in in my head. It still gets kicked over into like you like need to my just fucking online just set work. set aside a time, and then that's going to be your time to go and at least watch one video. You just need to watch one video a week, and you'll make progress. Pick a date, pick a time, and then just do it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm actually gonna set up a recurring alarm reminder on my phone. There you go. What was that? What what was your ugly? I didn't have one. Ooh. I couldn't think of one. I thought it was going to be my SAT score, but I can't really be upset with that. (laughs) No. Average was 1050. Yeah, I thought. And we got 1320? Yeah. 
Kyle, we could probably get into college. I pro- yeah, I know. Maybe that's my ugly. I didn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Should we do some bet? Oh, yeah. I guess. I guess. Stocks. Water. In the center of a universe. That's for every one of us. Consequence for one of us. Make our pitch with no regret. Every open, every close, every spread. It's the As is tradition, I think you get to go first. As is tradition. Mm. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Wait, did we get the song? Well, already? I think we did. Yeah. Let's play this. Okay. I, I, you know, I've been making a lot of uh, uh, Weeble money oh, yeah? on those paper trades yeah? with uh, sh- shorting stocks. Okay. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, uh, but but at the same time, I get to go first, so <laughs> you know what I'm going to pick. What's that? AMC! I know. Uh, I was actually considering switching. <laughs> <laughs> at least, But you can't, because I got to go first. I know. But on the plus side, maybe one of us can catch the fucking random. Yes, that is that is my hope. That right. is my well, hope. Well, you are in better position um, for that, so I'll, I'll leave you. I'll, yeah. I'll graciously okay. allow it. Even though I have oh, no say. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> I got I to gotta win May. I got to win May. All right. I can't uh, sit on this bet consequence much longer. I'm sticking with my sell side then, since you took my AMC from me. <laughs> well, you announced your sell side pick for the month. Um, no, I, of course, would let you change. That would be ridiculous not to. Well, uh, I was but thinking... But I think that the... the I was the thinking about momentum that if is, I had is to, in your favor. I was thinking if I did end up having to sell it or trying to trade out of it, I'd have to take uh, a price sometime on Monday because because I did say that I'm holding it through the month. Mm-hmm. That means that I'm not selling it on Friday and buying it on Monday. I can't come out and say right. that I'm selling last week, right? Because that's already passed. So if I do change yeah, it, yeah, I think yeah, I have yeah. to take you know either Monday's open price or Monday's close and then switch it that, that- way. That sounds very logical to me. What, uh, what, what's our random? Uh, RVLV, Revolve Group, Inc. Internet and Direct Marketing Retail, small cap. I uh, had about a million in volume. Average is about 2.4 million. Uh, it's trading at, I think it closed at $47 a share, roughly. It looks like it's on the upswing, too. Uh, it looks like it just bottomed out and bounced. <laughs> mm. It did just bounce off some resistance, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> did. Right around the 42 God mark. Damn it, Kyle. What are you doing? It was up 8% on Friday. I uh, know. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Come, AMC, please, please, AMC, make this week be the week. Well, you're going to hold it through next week. You have dibs on it. Oh, um, yes. Yes, I'm doing that. Also, yeah. what's your stop yeah, loss on that? Are you keeping the 15% stop loss, or are you rocking nothing? No, way too volatile. I'm mm. roughing it out. No stop loss at all? AMC, for the next two weeks, no stop loss. Let it ride. I feel like you can... Yeah, okay. All right. All right, Dan, take us home, because i got to piss. <laughs> all right, there you have it, folks. Thanks for sticking around to the end. We love you. We love it that you've made it this far. If you like our show, please let us know by rating and subscribing on your platform of choice. And let all your... Tell all your friends. Your, your fellow bulls. Tell all your fellow bulls. I know there's a lot more stock retail stock traders out there. We're proving it with AMC. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's, let's get them all into the shop. It's a good time here. It's always more fun with friends. Uh, it's a big shop. There's room for everybody. And uh, until next time, folks, happy trades. Goodbye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.